Entrepreneur Decoded, the show which reveals the habits, fears, failures, and joys of today's most inspiring and successful entrepreneurs seven days a week. Now, here's your host, Simon Sander. Today's future guest is one and only Cameron Herald. Welcome. Simon, thanks for having me. Cameron is an entrepreneur, speaker, and global best-selling author. He has been the growth guru of multiple $100 million companies. He's also the founder of CEO Alliance. Cameron, take a minute to fill in some gaps from the intro and give us a little glimpse to your personal life. Sure. I'm a father of four kids. I'm married, and we live in two countries. We split our time between Phoenix, Arizona in the United States and between Vancouver, Canada in British Columbia. So you're a bit of a snowbird? I'm full-time now living in Arizona, but I still go back and forth to Vancouver every month. So most most snowbirds leave Canada in the winter and come to the U.S. or warm climates. I go back and forth every month. I love that. Uh, let's not waste any time and let's jump in right away. As an entrepreneur, if you could teach everyone in the world one thing, what would it be? If I could teach everyone in the world one thing, it would be the principle of focus. I think at the end of the day... We all have too many opportunities in front of us. We've got too many things we could be working on. We have a lot of busy work that we keep us busy, but we don't necessarily focus on the critical few things. We end up focusing on the important many. And I try to get people to be a lot more focused on what really matters. Yes, a lot of us have long to-do lists and we never really finish all the tasks and we feel bad at the end of the day if we don't. Uh, how can we be more focused. Sure. One of the ones that I use is every day I set my top three things that I'm going to get done. I use an app called Commit to Three, and I actually commit in writing the three most impactful things I'm going to get done for the day, and I send it to another business associate of mine, Joe Polish, and he sends me his. And then I also set my daily top three personal goals with the business associate, Gordy Buffton, and he sends me his daily top three as well. So that kind of holds us accountable. So what are those three things exactly on that list? So on the, on the business side, the, uh, the business top three that I had today were all related to the COO Alliance. You know, one of them was um, me getting my um, top 10 uh, speakers lined up for the event next week and just making sure that all the, the speakers were lined up. Second one was getting the marketing for the winter program launched. And then third was just going through any of the outstanding items on our list with my assistant to make sure that we had everything tied up tightly. And my personal top three for the day, one was to run a 10K, second was to read for 30 minutes, and the third is working out with my personal trainer. Yeah. Uh, I want you to look back on your journey as an entrepreneur. Have you always been the entrepreneurial type? It seems like you have been the entrepreneur from the day one. Yeah, I was groomed as an entrepreneur. My, my father recognized and, and taught all of us, my brother and sister and I, at a very early age that being an employee was kind of a bad deal. Um, so he really groomed us at an early age to think about entrepreneurship to spot opportunities to look for ways to free up all of our time so um, from a very very early age i was doing very entrepreneurial ventures and as it turns out all three of us today own our own companies that's fascinating i want you to think about the major challenge or failure you faced when you started your own company and share that story with the audience yeah i'll walk you through a story of a hardship but i want to also illustrate one of the biggest reasons why i became an entrepreneur i was at a golf course with my dad in the middle of a day on a Wednesday, it was around 12 o'clock, and he started showing me all of the people who were at the golf course and what they did for a living. And it was, you know, this person owns this company and this guy owns this car dealership and this guy owns this company. And he pointed out everyone who was there in the middle of the day was an entrepreneur. 
And we went out and played 18 holes of golf and we were sitting on the balcony at around five o'clock. And he started showing me all the people who were coming in at the end of the day to play golf. And it was the dentists and the lawyers and the teachers and the employees. And he asked me what the lesson was. And I said, I realized that when you own your own company, you get to control your free time. You get to do whatever you want, whether it's work or take free time, take vacations. And he said, that's the most important benefit of being an entrepreneur is that you control your time. It's not necessarily about the money. It's about the fact that you have full control over your days and your time. And that's really what matters. So that's really what hinged me on, on this drive. I've become very successful financially as an entrepreneur. But really knowing the power of my free time is what's really made it, you know, happiness along the whole journey. Yeah, that is a beautiful story. Yeah, and if I think to a, to a business lesson that really kind of hit me um, pretty early on, I was around 21 years old and I had 12 employees and I was running a, a painting business and all of my employees thought that I was making too much money. Um, they thought that I was, you know, getting rich off their backs and at the time I, w i actually wasn't making enough money at all i wasn't making enough money to even support the basic cost of the business it was going to take me another month or two to start hitting a cash flow break even um, but they didn't understand all the expenses and my dad said you know why do they hate you and i said well they think i'm getting rich and he said well why why don't they understand your expenses and i said i don't know how would i show them he said just take your accounting and show them your pnl show them your general ledger literally show them all of your expenses so I had my 12 employees over to the house for dinner and we had some pizza and beer and I sat them down and I literally showed them every single expense that was related to my business from their salaries to taxes, to payroll taxes, to marketing and legal and advertising and like every potential expense I could show them, I showed them. And all of a sudden, instead of them being worried that I was going to be too rich, they were worried we were going out of business. That was really a, a big change in the company because then at that point, they decided to start doing what I was trying to get them to do, doing more marketing and really being more keen with customers. And the business really flourished from that point on. But they truly then understood the business like I could see it as an entrepreneur. So are you still using that really transparent and open policy about your financials? Yeah, I've used it. I, I always use it. I, I'm very open with my... Um, with my financials, with my expenses, my entire P&L. In fact, I was just talking to a, a CEO that I coach. Um, I, I've been coaching CEOs around the world for nine years. And I was just talking to one of them about how I raise my prices every year and how I add additional benefits in that don't cost me anything but are perceived value so I can continue to increase my prices for new clients. And I'm very open about it because it also it brings me feedback, right? I And um I think when you try to hide something and try to be something you're not, people sense that. But if you are more of an open book, they resonate with you. Since we were talking about your business, uh, what is something that is really working for your company right now? Well, a lot of it is the momentum I'm carrying. I mean, I've been I've been coaching and mentoring CEOs now for nine years. I've done paid speaking events in 28 countries. So I've built a bit of a brand around myself for sure. Um, I have... Uh, just my second book just came out. So my first book was called Double Double. My second book is Meeting Suck. Those are both out already, but I'm, I have three others that are coming out. I'm co-authoring The Miracle Morning for Entrepreneurs with Hal Elrod. And then I have two other books coming out late this fall, one on vision and one related to PR. So I think there's a, a strong brand thrust around me now as well that I've built a lot of credibility, but I also have a lot of the branding happening. So you mentor some of the best and well-known CEOs around the world. Um, if you have the first meeting with them and the consulting begins, uh, what do you usually do in your first meeting? Well, one of the things we talk about is where they're going and really trying to get them to understand that most of their employees can't see the vision that they can see. 
So I talk about it almost like if you could describe a scene of a movie, like the scene from, you know, The Sound of Music, where you have Julie Andrews up in the hills and she's singing and dancing, having a picnic with all the kids. Well, it's a very easy scene to visualize if you've seen the movie. But if you've never seen the movie, you might think that she was having a picnic in a park and the kids were playing baseball or croquet. So what I want the CEO to do or the entrepreneur to do is what I call a vivid vision. And it's really describe their company in four or five pages in vivid detail, describing the company three years in the future as if they've already built it three years from now. And then once you can describe what it looks and feels like, you can reverse engineer that and figure out what to do to make each sentence come true. Could you expand on the momentum aspect a bit? Momentum is almost like a flywheel. If you think about, um, you know, in a factory, they have these huge, massive metal or stone discs, and they you put effort into making that, that huge flywheel turn, and it takes a lot of effort to get it to turn once. And then you keep pushing on, and it turns a second time, turns a third time, until all of a sudden the momentum of the wheel keeps it spinning and you have to put very little effort into pushing it and it turns faster and faster because its own weight is propelling it its momentum is creating more velocity and that's really what what i focus on with all companies is how do you get more publicity how do you get more brand awareness how do you get more credibility because that throws off into more publicity more brand awareness more credibility which allows you to raise your fees and you just you just keep focused on that so i've been You know, I think a lot of people look around and go, oh, what, a, what an overnight success. I'll just start and I'll do that. But they don't realize it takes a long time to get to the night before you become the overnight success story. I really like that example. Was it also in the book by Jim Collins, Good to Great? That's exactly where the concept can be read really quickly. He does a good one-page explanation of the flywheel in Good to Great. So let's say there's no momentum. You're not seeing the numbers. You're not seeing the growth. How do you know that you should quit or keep going? How do you validate an ongoing project? Yeah, that's a really tough one. I mean, you really, really, really have to listen to the marketplace and understand what it's going to cost you to get to a cash flow break even. Um, and I don't actually coach very many early stage companies. I only coach companies that are already up and running and really are then trying to scale. So I'm probably the wrong guy to ask. Let's talk about the 1-800-GOT-JUNK. You grew the company from $2 million in revenue to $106 million in revenue. What were some of the lessons from that growth? Well, two of them were related to the flywheel concept. Again, one was um, if we really pushed on PR, that, that if we were in the media, we would always be in the media and it was free and people believed it. So we had a very, very big strategic thrust around landing lots of PR. The second one was um, related to culture. And if we really obsessed about being a fantastic company to work for with really, really happy employees, they would make sure that our customers were happy. So the happier our employees were, the happier our customers were, the more profitable we would be as a business. So we obsessed about those two things, PR and company culture. Yeah, I've been reading a lot of great books lately, and one of them was Delivering Happiness by the CEO of Zappos.com. How do you make your customers happy, and how did you do that in your previous company? Yeah, and Tony's, Tony's done a really nice job with it with Zappos. Um, So in making customers happy, you know, it's the basic God and grandmother rules, right? Your grandmother says under promise, over deliver. So, so you just under promise and over deliver. You wow them on the little things. So we would do things like we'd make a big deal of sweeping up. So at 1-800-GOT-JUNK, we would come to your house or your business and we would haul some old stuff away, old furniture, old renovation material, old debris, just crap sitting around in your garage. We'd haul it away. Some of it would get recycled and some would get taken to the dump. 
So you're left with really nothing. We've taken all the old stuff away and really what's left is the corner of your garage and we would sweep it all up and make sure that it was nice and clean and we'd make a big deal out of the sweeping. We would, um, we would tell you we're gonna be showing up at your house between nine o'clock and 11 o'clock and then we would call you 15 minutes before nine and tell you exactly in that two hour window when we would most likely then be showing up. So we'd allow you to leave your house for a little bit of time. We weren't holding you hostage. You know, we showed up in clean, shiny trucks and we had drivers that were wearing clean uniforms and were friendly, more fraternity boys than, than garbage men. Um, so just those basic principles of hiring good, friendly people and giving them clean uniforms and making them deliver what they promise and, and making a big deal out of the little things, that's what really impressed people. And we charged a premium for that. We charged a lot more than just getting a guy off the street who had a truck. Yes, giving that extra free value pays off because customers will come back to you. In case of Sappos.com, I think they give uh, free premium shipping to almost every order and people love that. It's kind of that wow effect. Um, let's talk about habits for a second. Could you recommend one or two personal habits uh, that really contribute to your success? Yeah, one is realizing that it's never all going to get done. You know, I'm never going to get everything on my list done. So it's kind of calling it a day at five o'clock. I don't work nights ever. I don't work on weekends ever. I, I work on focusing on the critical few things. I put in a hard day's work and then I take the rest of the day off and I recalibrate and I spend time with my friends and my family. Um, so, you know, this morning I woke up at five o'clock. I have a silent alarm that wakes me up, but it doesn't wake up my wife. I climbed out of bed. I ran um, 10 kilometers this morning. I came home, showered, started working with my clients from seven o'clock and when I'm done my podcast with you, I'll have about a half hour break before I go and work out with my trainer and then I'll do another hour's work and I'll be done for the day. And I think it's that that focused time around myself, but also focusing on just get the critical stuff done instead of always being busy. You know, we're, we need to treat ourselves more like professional racehorses than, than workhorses. Yes, entrepreneurs are really weird about it. We work so many hours and uh, we kill ourselves slowly. Have you been always smart about that? No, I learned it in a, in the, in the, a bad way. In uh, October of 2000, I completely flamed out with stress, had a complete nervous breakdown with stress. I weighed 35 pounds heavier than I do today. I was drinking a lot more. Um, I wasn't getting any exercise. I was a complete and utter workaholic. And I completely burned out. I was actually written up in the Wall Street Journal as one of four supernovas whose careers came crashing down because of stress. So it's just a place I'm not willing to go anymore. Let's get really specific. Um, how can you avoid burning out? Should you always leave exactly 5 p.m.? Maybe take one day out of week off? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, start, start with taking every weekend off. Like at the end of the day, you work for yourself. You may as well be a nice boss right from the beginning. So take every weekend off and realize you're never going to get everything on your list done. As soon as you catch up, you're going to have more goals. So because we're so driven as employees or as, as, as business owners, we're always going to want to build something bigger and bigger and faster and faster, which means you're never going to get it done anyway. So you can't, it's like sneaking up on the horizon. If you're driving a car and you see the horizon in the distance, are you only going to be happy when you get to the horizon? Because you can't sneak up on it. Great piece of advice once again. Uh, Cameron, you have so many things going on. What is one thing that you're most excited about today? Um, I'm super excited about the COO alone. Alliance. It's the only network of its kind in the world for second in commands. You know, there's millions of groups for entrepreneurs, but this is literally the only network of its kind for the COO. 
So I'm really excited about those um, CO Alliance events that are coming up. And then I'm also running my first marathon in just under a month. And I'm pretty excited about that too. I love that. Uh, Cameron, I want to end today's show with the topic happiness. Uh, what brings you joy and really makes you happy in this life? My kids and my wife um, and myself more than anything. I think just being very happy with where I am and who I am. Um, you know, life is hard and none of us are getting out of this alive. And I think at the end of the day, what we have to recognize is that, you know, this is just what we do to make money. We may as well have fun along the way. Let's end the show with the parting piece of guidance from you and the best way to connect with you. Yeah, I would tell everybody to take a look at a free app that costs no money. It's very simple to use and it integrates with nothing. It's called Commit to Three. And it's literally just a way that they can commit to one other person or themselves or groups of people the three most impactful things are going to get done on a daily basis. If they just use that one tool, their business is going to grow. I love that. And best way to connect with you, Cameron? So they can find me at CameronHerald.com or at the COOalliance.com. And they can also find my books, Double Double and Meeting Suck on Amazon and iTunes. Thank you so much for coming in, Cameron. Hey, Simon. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Had fun. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneur Decoded. For killer resources and free content, go to entrepreneurdecoded.com.